I always wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Knudsen out of Canada. And I watched him hit the golf ball. I watched him with the wide stance, taking the club back way inside, releasing the club. One of the greatest ball strikers I'd ever seen. Now Ballesteros. With a putt that could win him the 113th British Open. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the McKellar Golf Podcast. My name is Lawrence Donegan. And before I introduce you to my good pal and co-host, I want to go on with the business of selling the brand new edition of McKellar, which is out this week. You can go to mckellarmagazine.com and order your copy of number three, or you can do what a lot of people seem to be doing, is ordering the full McKellar, which is issues one, two and three together. I have to say I have all three in front of me on the desk right now as I record this and the, it really is a beautiful looking set, uh, great journalism inside but it's a wonderful thing, perfect book size to put on your bookshelf um, so if you fancy the full McKellar at mckellarmagazine.com slash shop you go in there, you can buy issue one or issue two or issues one, two and three, the full McKellar or indeed you can buy any number of uh, really cool t-shirts again, uh, I'm a very... Uh, fashion conscious person myself and I have a <laughs> well you shut up you haven't been introduced yet the, uh, <laughs> the uh, I have a splendiferous Michaela t-shirt on myself uh, uh, really nice quality uh, heathered heathered blue it is very nice uh, anyway again in the shop on you go uh, support Michaela magazine support great golf journalism uh, without your support uh, we cannot employ and indeed pay uh, great journalists like my uh, co-host and good pal, Mr. John Huggin. How are you doing, Huggy? I'm very well, Lawrence. Uh, just sitting here looking out over the uh, the swimming pool at my uh, hotel here in Dubai. So looking forward to the third round of the tournament later on. I would have been more impressed if you said I'm sitting here overlooking the swimming pool at my farmhouse in Kirimuir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, as a non-swimmer, it's no point in that, really. So. The um, it's uh, it's an odd day to the recording uh, recording Friday, so we better not uh, leave any hostages to fortune out there. Um, so we're, we're again, we probably we can't discuss who's going to win and all the usual guff. Uh, but uh, actually, I haven't even looked. Uh, who's leading after two days, Huggy? Uh, Eddie Pepperell. Of course, he is Eddie Pepperell. That's right. Who has got? It was funny actually. Uh, I was listening today. I saw something. It was on the Golf Channel, and they had the brief highlight. Eddie Pepperell, who's gone cat candied, and then they showed him chipping, and I was kind of half paying attention. I thought, "Oh my God, he's gone cat candied chipping. That's awesome!" But he's gone cat candied putting. Um, he's kind of gone off the boil recently, so it's good to have him back. He's a, he's a good, good and interesting character. Yeah. He is uh, very well. You know, part of why he's so interesting is that he, you know, admitted that at the back end of last year he'd fallen out of golf, uh, love with golf. I mean, he was basically he'd lost all enthusiasm. Which, uh, in the middle of all that, of course, was the turkey episode where he he ran out of golf balls and had to be had to walk in. Basically, he was uh, he technically disqualified, but he just uh, he had to stop because he had no balls left. I don't think he was the same after the Saudi. I th- I think he went to Saudi, and I, I think he re- I remember him. He was doing another podcast. Mm. And he said he he didn't he didn't love it was all he said uh, and and after that I think he is he going this year I, I don't think he is 
Uh, I haven't looked, to be yeah. honest. Um, but yeah, I've spoken to a few people who are going this week, and I've yet to meet anybody with uh, with any <laughs> degree of enthusiasm for the trip. Uh, so the heavy lifting next week when you get to the uh, the bloodstained kingdom, the heavy lifting will be done by one Phil Mickelson, no doubt. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, he has to say. Uh, anyway, listen, before we get to that, we'll touch briefly on that later. Uh, I myself was at the uh, PGA show in Orlando. Have you ever been to that one, Huggy? I, I went once, uh, it must be at least 30 years ago, and all I can remember about it is uh, walking out of the arena, if you can call it that, and vowing to myself that I will never go back to that, and I never have. Uh, what, what was wrong? I was just bored silly by it. Oh, I mean, you? It, was, you know, it just wasn't my thing. I'm not an equipment geek uh, in any way, shape, or form, so it just really wasn't for me, but uh, I'm sure lots of people get some pleasure from it. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, uh, when you, well, I've been there before, but uh, you walk in, the vastness of it, you know, you read all the stuff about the golf industry being in terminal decline. My goodness, nobody has told the fine folks from Callaway or TaylorMade who have clearly spent millions on their stands. I mean, stands, I mean, it's these vast spaceship size. It was like the, uh, the, the, the I'm trying to think of Star Trek, you know, the the where the captain sits and all these crew. I mean, these big, vast spaceship-looking type productions, um, and uh, and the Titleist one as well. It's very funny, Huggy. The Titleist guys are straight from the 1950s. They've all got cream blazers on. The salesmen. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a big 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 week for these people. Uh, so I guess we should say good luck to them. Uh, even though we we don't get any sponsorship from Callaway or TaylorMade or anybody. Um, the uh, the other thing though is it's really quite good wandering around. Uh, you always there's a stall. It's the new products uh, area, which is tucked away down by the cafe in Hall Seven or something. And you go there, <laughs> and it's a so- sorry array of of boffins selling their <coughs> selling their swing gadgets and and whatnot. Um, very very. And then you have the uh, the the emergent. Uh, actually, quite a good little story. Emergent uh, clothiers or apparel uh, manufacturers. I remember the last time, it was two years ago, there was a, a bunch of kids tucked away at the far end. I think the less prestigious you are, the, the, the further away from the kind of centre of the action. So these poor yeah. kids were tucked away out in the outskirts. Uh, they were uh, Swanies, uh, Swanies apparel, they're called, uh, from a bunch of kids from, I think it's Minneapolis. Anyway, I was delighted. I was walking through the main apparel area and lo and behold who's there but swannies with a proper big grown-up boy uh, stand and the same kids and and they and because i made a point of chatting to them to the last time and, and they were so happy they said, oh we remember you from the last time so it's great so if you're thinking about this is a free advert if you're looking for some gear uh, uh you don't have to be an, an old man i mean swannies is a pretty youthful brand so look them up uh, really cool company great people um anyway i i luckily uh huggy i was only well, well, well before you before you go on Lawrence, I mean, what else stuck out i mean i'm a wee bit interested in oh well well what, the, uh, the what, other what thing your mind uh, i tell you the other thing was really interesting uh, was uh, an outfit called uh mcdonald leather goods um todd roarer i think uh, is how he pronounced his name todd was the guy who founded uh, Mackenzie walker bags you know those uh, yeah, I've got, yeah i've got one yeah oh do you a leather one I do, yes. Where did you get that? How could you well, afford that? It, well, exactly. Um, but I, I was playing a few years ago in Jeff Ogilvie's charity day at the Victoria Golf Club in uh, in Melbourne, 
and there was an auction, a kind of is a silent auction where you just kind of write yes. down your bid. That's yes. what they call it. Um, so I thought, oh, that back looks nice. So I put down whatever it was, and uh, <laughs> actually won it, and I got it for about I think two thirds of the price that you would normally pay for it. So unknowingly at the time, but it's only when I got home that I realised what the thing was worth. So, oh, it's a so I'm uh, proud owner of one. Yes. Oh, they're they're beautiful bag. I mean, just beautiful. Um. Anyway, Todd has, uh, I won't go into the, what happened at Mackenzie Walker, but Todd's got his own company now, uh, and he's producing equally stunning bags, actually. They're so nice. Um, so he was wandering around. He had a Yale, a Yale, I don't know, he's made some bag for somebody at Yale or some, you know, some guy who used to go to Yale or something. A gorgeous bag, gorgeous leather. And he was wandering around, actually. Um He's making a bag for uh, I think who's the kid who won the uh, Clayton's caddying for him at the U.S. Open, um, Lucas Michaela. Lucas Michelle, yeah, Lucas he's Michelle. a good pal of mine. I've played golf with Lucas. Yeah. Uh, well, Lucas will be toting a Mc, McDonald's leather goods bag. Uh, well, ah, at, at least uh, uh, Clayton. Well, Mike, will be. Mike yeah. will be there. But t- Todd was wandering around with a, a bunch <laughs> of guys uh, called. Uh, they're called uh, I think it's called. They're called Grain Golf. And their uh, their deal is their uh, it's uh, persimmon woods, uh, brand new persimmon woods, but with the uh, titanium faces. Wow! <laughs> so you get the uh, the look and the cachet yeah. of stepping yeah. onto the first tee yeah. with uh, <laughs> with a persimmon headed driver and with a titanium face, hoping that nobody spots yeah. a titanium face. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's the ultimate hybrid. Yeah. The ultimate, but uh, anyway, so very cool looking clubs. I, although I did, I did say this on Twitter, and somebody said, "Oh my goodness, they're the ugliest things ever." But I, I mean, in the flesh, they looked really, really good. Um, and there's, uh, certainly, there's nothing more beautiful than uh, than persimmon woods. I mean, just so much nicer than the frying pans that we all use today. That's for sure. But the. Um, the uh, but isn't part of the joy of uh, of persimmon is the sound and you're not getting yeah. that sound off a <laughs> off a titanium no. face. <laughs> yeah, you you can't you can't actually turn around and say, well, I hit that one off yeah. the screws because <laughs> like any screws. The uh, uh, I was gonna, yeah, and the thing is, I wouldn't be hitting anything off the titanium face. The, the head is far <laughs> too small for me. Anyway, that was my uh, two highlights. Uh, w- was that? Uh, and actually, the other thing was really interesting. Uh, I-, I won't go into names, but the in the tourist uh, section, there was an Australian section, there was a French section, there was an Irish section, and next door to the Irish section was Scotland golf in Scotland. And I was, I was really you and I. Well, I was disappointed on your behalf as well. The the kind of presence of the big clubs from Scotland. There was really. I didn't see uh, I didn't see the Lynx Trust there. I didn't see, you know, any of the you know. Well, actually, um, uh, Royal Dormick was there, well represented. Uh, so give them a nod. But then compare this to the Irish crowd, and every major club in Ireland was represented. I mean, every single one. Uh, they had some kind of presence there, pushing, pushing, visiting to um, visiting Ireland, playing golf. So that was slipped slip from a Scottish perspective. Yeah, it speaks to a little bit of complacency. Maybe I don't know. Uh, anyway, so that was that, Huggy. Uh, but I was have to say, I was I was glad to get away. Uh, by the way, you'll you, the next time you go to the golf shop, you'll discover the price of your new driver's gone up to I think it's five hundred and twenty-five dollars <laughs> for a brand. Yeah, yeah. Next time I buy one, I'll I'll, I'll wince. 
on your behalf. Uh, well, I won't be buying any. Uh, I, I got a good driver a few years ago, and that'll do me here. Uh, so that was that. Uh, you, you, you were in Abu Dhabi. We kind of we missed each other last week. Uh, Westwood won. That was awesome, wasn't it? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, terrific. I mean, God, my goodness, he played well, and uh, the, the well, he actually, he played like he usually plays, other than he, he hold the putts that he's been missing. You know, the I mean, Westwood's long game is so good, uh, day to day, week to week, that it gets him up there almost every time he plays. But the key is obviously, uh, as with everybody, whether he makes the putts or not, and he hasn't been making them for a while. Although he did win in South Africa, what, what, fifteen months, thirteen months ago, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's you know if Lee Westwood's right up there at the sharp end of a tournament, you can guarantee that he's putted well because that's the only difference that in his game week to week. As I say, I mean he's incredibly impressive. T to green always has been, and he still is. I mean he's, he's still he's as good, almost as good as anybody you care to mention uh, between the tee and the green at the moment. The um, he posted up. He's actually very active on Instagram. He posted. Uh, couple of videos of his swing god it looks fantastic it really mm. does well looks fantastic from you know down the line you're i mean it's, it's the same from face on i, I notice he never posts any videos of face on because that impact what? position with the bend i mean but it, clearly it works for him but uh his swing looked i mean that's robert rock we've talked about him before but that is uh what a move that's been yeah he's doing a good job there i mean but and as you say lee's the the bent left arm thing is it's, he's always done that. I mean, it's yes, just always, like, yep. you know, every idiosyncrasy you can think of in a top player. I mean, Monty's swing and Trevino and all the rest of them, the, they just keep doing the same thing over and over and over. There's a lesson in that, I think. Uh, yep. The um, So then you, went, you just went straight to straight to Dubai. Oh, what, by the way, what was the rough like in, in Abu Dhabi? Because I want, I want the context of Dubai, because this week is obviously... <clears> um, it was, you know, it was normal, if you want to put it that right. way. It was, yeah, it was there... It wasn't incredibly penal. It, it was, there was a penalty for being in it, but uh, the recovery shot was still possible most of the time, unless you got a really bad lie. I mean, there's a you know there's a randomness obviously to going in any kind of rough, but um, yeah, I mean it, it was kind of as it should be, um, and certainly the fairway widths weren't as um, silly as they've been this week. I mean, I've spent there was a couple of you know, just on television even. I've been looking at the yesterday. I mean, they were, had a shot from behind greens looking back down the fairways and I mean it was so obvious where the fairway should be you know way wider than on the edge of the desert sort of thing maybe a few yards of rough there but they've just narrowed it down to, to a ridiculous extent I mean it's just a you know like a, a finger through the through the rough for the fairway and no wonder if nobody's nobody has absolutely nobody is hitting any fairways on a consistent basis and that's why because they there's a lot of dog legs on this course as well so you're there's a potential to drive right through the corner if you hit, you know, a good straight one. You've got to get it to, you know, you're cutting across the corner a little bit, and you're cutting, then you're going across the fairway, a very narrow fairway. So the chances of hitting it are pretty slim. Yeah, plus if you're cutting, you know, if you're cutting, a, if you're going across the, pair, the fairway, you know, there's a fair chance you're going to run out. Even if you hit a good one, you're going to run out the other side. Yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, That's my it, point. Yeah. It's. Uh, but I mean, I, I well, I mean, I've been there quite a lot. I've never seen. Well, it's only on TV I see it. But I mean, it looks, I mean, it just looks ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, yeah. I mean, the, you know, we bang on about this. I know, but the the, the annoying part is that this is just a, an extreme example of you know the messing with the golf course. Um, it's nothing like the way this course was designed to be played this week. But the, that's the only way they can think of to keep the scores up, um, short of you know fixing the equipment. 
they'd rather mess with the golf courses than the equipment in golf. It's the strangest thing, I think. The um, uh, I can't was that a particularly low winning score last year? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, it, it was. was yeah, yeah twenty four under. But, but then he won by seven. You know, the seventeen under was second, and that you know, I'm I'm not really offended by seventeen under as a winning score. I mean, it's averaging four under every day. I mean, that's you know, that's very much normal these days. But twenty four under was exceptional, and it's kind of like. Um, when Johnny Miller won the U.S. Open back in the day with his 63 at Oakmont in 1973, and you get to Wingfoot in 1974, and you know it was labelled the massacre at Wingfoot. It's the same kind of reaction. It's uh, 45 years on or whatever. I'm trying to think of that iconic one when uh, it was Thomas Bjorn and Tiger. Well, I think did Thomas Bjorn win? Two, two, two thousand and one. Yeah. Yeah. What did he win? Was it 16 under? I can't remember. I mean, that seemed about perfect at the time. Ah, yeah. I mean, that's you know. I mean, that, that for me, the ideal winning score is somewhere you know between somewhere around 10 under. But uh, but 16 under is not exceptional these days. I mean, it's pretty much the norm. But as I say, somebody somewhere has reacted to the 24 under that Bryson shot last year. The um uh yeah I, again I know we do bang on about this the whole time but this is you know this is this is where we're going I mean where does it stop I mean it's... well it has to stop somewhere I mean as I say uh, I, I don't know if we mentioned already the the Royal Melbourne estimate that Mike Clayton and I came up yes, with yes nine thousand yeah nine thousand yards over nine thousand yards it would have to be I mean it's 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 mental I mean bonkers it's got to stop somewhere as you say the um. Actually, talking of that, uh, the distance report comes, is it February the... February 4th? Yes, well, um, I believe <laughs> I, I, have you, I believe that certain uh, journalists <coughs> have been shown the... Um, I'm, hang on a minute, I better, I better be careful here. I believe that some people have seen the, certainly the conclusion... Right, uh, which is um, the report, I mean, the report, well, what I was told, the report runs to over 100 pages... And that the con- the conclusion get- runs to over twenty pages. Now, um, let me. I've got to be careful here. Uh, how can I say this? That d- don't expect any bombshells. Was how it was put to me. <laughs> so oh, I'm, sh- I'm shocked to hear that. Yes. Um, so they're going to look. They're going to look at it further. Aren't they? <laughs> it demands further. No. Study. Well, it's funny. Uh, the way it was put to me was. Uh, well, you know, there's many factors. It's the usual stuff, you know. You know, <laughs> many factors. Although I'm, I, I wonder if uh, Deschambault's uh, recent bulking up will be cited. This is evidence that what we've been saying all along is is true. Um, you know, how about work in the gym, Lawrence? That's the secret. Well, um, so that that's a, that's a bit of a not not a scoop. Uh, I'm just passing on a bit of info uh, that not to expect. I think that wasn't what was said to me. Don't nobody said don't ex, don't expect any. But but the way it was you talked about the con, the conclusions, you know, it was a multifaceted conclusion. Blah 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 blah. Then it just suggested to me that uh, there's no, there are, there are no bombshells, and that's not entirely unexpected. Uh, when you have when you go to the PGA show and you see TaylorMade and Callaway and Titleist for these vast multi million dollar stands. <coughs> You know, there there's so much at stake for the equipment companies. I'm sure they they're not they wouldn't take any uh, redrawing of the boundaries on equipment. They would they would not take that uh, sitting down. And I don't think uh, the golf authorities have the guts to take them on. Although they certainly do have the money. The PGA, the USP, the USGA is swimming in money. Well, they should be. Um, you know, that's always been the thing the the, the fear of the the lawsuit, but. Um, 
ultimately that somebody's got to make the rules for the game and, and that we're losing the game at the moment, certainly at the top level, and it's it's spreading down to the elite amateur level as well. I mean, the you know the did you see the picture of that big German lad that played in yes. the Australian amateur? Yes. I mean, that's you know Cameron Champ's going to be the norm in two or three years' time, and then then it'll go on and from there and on and on and on. I mean. What, I, I do wonder eventually uh, where they're actually going to play the, the big championships because everywhere is going to be obsolete. So what are they going to do then? Actually, um, obviously the tennis comparison has, has been kicking around this week. I, when the when the tennis balls were going to, to, to there was just there was the speed was ridiculous, and that was yeah. when tennis was at its least compelling. There were there were yeah. no. No great champions, you know. There was no g- compelling figures at the top of the game. It was all the you know Rios and you know, I mean, good players clearly, but but you know, nobody cared about them. They were just big, you know, power guys. And yeah, um, and well, that's, I mean, I always make the point. I always think come back to is that if, if people want to watch the you know get the thrills from watching you know big long drives, go to long driving competitions. But that yeah. that's not golf. That's a separate thing. And fine, you know, if that's where you get your kicks, go and do that. But it's got nothing to do with golf, really. I mean, that's not how golf should be played. Uh, the uh, after again, we're talking in the middle of the Dubai tournament. Deschambeau is second to to Pepero, but the big thing today was this uh, video uh, of his drive on seventeen. I think he hit it. I think the hole was three hundred and fifty-three yards long, and he hit it. You know, green side. He didn't hit it on the green. Um. But I was hot then. I read a piece. I think it might have been a digest dot com. I've got all this power, but I don't necessarily know how to control it all. I was watching yeah. this swing. I mean, whatever. Uh, well, it's, he's it's, jump. He's jumping at the ball, Lawrence. I mean, it's amazing to watch how how much he's throwing himself at it. I mean, I, I can't believe he's got much control. But uh, you know, that seems to be the way he wants to play. Uh, well, it's very. The footwork's very. Uh, Similar to well to my untrained eye to Matthew Wolf, uh, he's basically yeah. jumping at the moment of impact. He's clearly done some research. Uh, but can you imagine turning up to a major championship with that technique? That's not going to cut it, is it? It just can't. You can't sustain well, it over seventy-two holes. No, I mean uh, you'd have to think he might get caught out here. I mean he might win here. I mean goodness knows he's you know he's as good as anybody in the field, obviously, but. Uh, you have to think that on a on a major championship course in a big you know proper golf course, that's not going to work over four days. He's going to get caught out. There's going to be a triple bogey or a quadruple bogey in, in his future. <laughs> you know, swing, swinging at the ball as hard as that. But you know, who knows? The um the so you've had de- dealings with him over the last couple of weeks. Uh, what has he been like? Did I read somewhere that he's went off in the half <clears throat> after missing well, the cut did, in Abu Dhabi? He, he was he obviously he mentally packed in uh, towards the end of the second round last week uh, because he was going to miss the cut but he had a, a very careless double bogey on the last hole and then I along with two or three others was waiting to speak to him after his round and uh, apparently uh, he, he refused to sign a charity flag thing in the scorer's hut and then stormed off <laughs> and he wouldn't speak to anybody uh, when the, uh, the, the wee girl from the the European Tour Claire came to tell us that he wasn't going to say anything. I, I actually went after him into the clubhouse. It must have been a bit, no more than a minute behind him. 
couldn't find him. He was gone. I don't know where he went, but uh, whether he was hiding in the toilet or whatever, but <laughs> couldn't find him anywhere in the club. He whether he jumped in a car and was off, I don't know, but uh, could not find him even just one minute after. So he did himself no favours there. I mean, you know, he's. I'm sure he was well compensated for pitching up in Abu Dhabi last week and uh, didn't even have the you know the decency to to stand there and talk, which was in complete contrast, I must say, to. Brooks Kepka, who played poorly that day, he shot 74 the second round last week, but uh, stood and and did all the things that he's supposed to do with the media. And and somebody, would, you know, some you know sycophant uh, interviewer was saying to him, "Oh well, you know, blah, blah, whatever, you know." And he sympath- supposedly sympathetic, and and Brooks went, "No, no, it was just me. I played rubbish." You know, so, <laughs> I have I mean, to... the contrast between him and, and Bryce and DeChambeau was marked. The uh, Maybe Chambeau went to the Monty School of post-round avoidance techniques. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you would know about that. You ended up in a cupboard with Monty. <laughs> Actually, I'm saving them, me and the Monty in a cupboard at the K-Club. I'm saving that story for a special edition of this podcast. <laughs> but... Uh, but the one with Monty, I was is is at the the open at Muirfield climbing over the fence to avoid the press <laughs> after yes. this eighty four or whatever. Fantastic! The, uh, yeah, there was a great like, there was a great line from that that day. I think that was the day that uh, Tiger shot eighty one. Yes. Was that oh yes. Yeah. And uh, partly, well, I didn't witness this, but I've been I've heard it many times, and probably you, the listeners have too. But on the practice putting green the next morning, Tiger's there after his eighty one, and Monty's there after his eighty four, and Tiger looks up and says, "Hey, Monty, kicked your ass yesterday," <laughs> which I thought was a good line. The one I remember oh, again, not to when you and I were out playing Muirfield with uh, our, uh, your great pal Dean, and I were st- what hole is it? Is it the six? What's the dog leg? Great hole, the dog leg. Yeah, yeah, six uh, hole. Yeah. And there's that bush about yes, forty yards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the forty yards off to and he and he said uh, Dean said there's the Duffy Waldorf bush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember he topped it right into that bush. I remember oh, that fantastic! Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Uh, the um, yeah. I have to say I'm warming to uh, um, Brooks Kepka's stick. If not is the yeah. way he plays golf, I, I find it distinctly unappealing. Um, but he's uh, he's pretty good value in front of a microphone, isn't he? He is. I mean, he he's, he's he just answers the questions and he's got a kind of deadpan manner about him. I don't think you're ever going to get him to give long answers, but uh, he stands there and he, and he takes it and he and you know he's he's a pretty realistic character it seems like to me and I've I've got a wee bit of time for him. They say I was impressed last week. Um, you said uh, before we go on that you'd interviewed. Has your Harrington stuff been published? Yes, it was right. on uh, com uh, last night. Yeah. What did uh, I haven't read it? Apologies for that. What's uh, what's? Oh, po- it's a riveting read. Oh, oh, is it not? Well, I, I, I was just going to ask: Was is he got anything interesting to say, or is it uh, the usual Ryder Cup? Oh well, I do notice his game's fallen off the edge of the world, hasn't it? Well, he, he was struggling a bit off the tee. I think um, I was making the point that you know he arrived as. Uh, the in professional golf about 1990 end of 95 early 96 and at that time he had uh, he had absolutely everything that you would need to be a successful tour pro apart from one thing his swing was terrible um so he, that's why he went to bob torrance i mean harrington had a great mind as we know um he had a great short game he was a really good putter but tee to green or tee to near the green uh, he wasn't up to the, the the you know the standard he would need to be successful and so he took himself off to Bob Torrance, and uh, as you well know, 
Bob was a great uh, great swing coach. I mean, every single player who ever went to Bob came away hitting the ball better, and he was the man that uh, made Harrington from you know just a you know run of the mill tour pro into a major champion. So, but uh, Harrington, he was kind of playing like the the Podrick of old. I mean, he was struggling a bit. Uh, between uh, off, certainly off the tee, uh, but he got himself around the seventy-five, and he made the cut on the numbers. So uh, he was well happy would be an exaggeration, but he was pleased to make the, the weekend. I think. Uh, where's he in the world rankings now? He's three hundred and forty-second. Oh I can say goodness. that because I looked it up. The um, I, I, I'm not, not you're not a big Instagram guy. I am. I, he's. I think he's been going to see this character George Genkis. This is the uh, the the surfer kind of styley dude. Who yeah. works out of Southern California? Harrington, I've seen some videos of Harrington down here. A driving range. I mean, just a driving range right next to the motorway in Westlake, uh, just north of uh, uh, Los Angeles. Um, Genkis is uh, the swing coach de jour. Uh, again, he's got quite good patter. Uh, he coaches that kid, uh, Matthew Wolf, who Deschambeau appears to be copying, uh, certainly the footwork. Uh, and again, because his thing is he gets guys to hit it for, you know, off the end of the earth, hits it for miles, uh, but not necessarily straight. I mean, Wolf won on the PGA Tour last year, uh, uh, earlier in the season. I don't think, or maybe the end of last year, actually, apologies. Um, and he, uh, but he doesn't hit it straight. Uh, you know, there's lots of, he's 22 kid. He won the, um, won the NC2As by a, a street. But he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he hits it miles, but he doesn't necessarily hit it straight. I mean, yeah, good. well, Podry won't be too worried about the venue. I mean, he's used to say, back in the day with Bob up at the the Inverclyde driving range or whatever up at the uh-huh. Largs. Bob was from, and <clears throat> I mean, there's plenty of stories of Bob saying not just to Podry. You know, they'd be guys would be hitting balls, hitting balls, hitting balls, and then. Bob would say, I'm just away for a cup of coffee. You go and pick them up. That's right. So there was all these great players up down the end of the range picking their balls up before they would go back and hit them again. The, uh, the, 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 when you say Torrance improved everybody, he, he didn't even improve me. I was I got a two-minute lesson. I hit two balls yeah. and he just sat there and said, I oily swing, son, oily swing. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. Um, anyway, so... Uh, yeah, I guess that Ryder Cup thing is just a—it's a death knell for your career, really taking over as a. Well, he's uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I kind of asked him about that. I says, you know, obviously you'll you'll get to you know September and you'll be a hundred percent Ryder Cup captain and zero percent player, but where are you at the moment with those numbers? And he kind of gave two answers. He says, well, off the course, he says he's more than fifty percent already Ryder Cup captain, but on the course. He admitted to being selfish enough to being a, still 80% a player, although he's, the 20% was his mind wandering to leaderboards and things and watching to see how certain players are getting on. So he's already obviously paying attention to who's doing well and who isn't. So. See, I mean, he's clearly a million miles away from winning. And he's about, the, is he about the same age as Westwood? Roughly, maybe. He's yeah. 48, yeah. Right. He's so 18 months, 18 months or so away from being a senior and and yet here Westwood still capable of of winning I tell you what I I mean I'm not going to say he's going to win the Masters but he's always done pretty well at Augusta and if he goes in Westwood goes in Augusta and he's putting well he might have a shout an outside shout why do you think Westwood is still where he is and is it just a case of Westwood had better technique and in the end that that kind of that shows up well, it is. I mean, yeah, it's part of it, but also, I mean, Lee's been—he's been on the record a few times. I mean, the, the last couple of years, I mean, he seems to his attitude seems to have changed completely. I mean, he said he's, 
<coughs> excuse me, his, his girlfriend caddying for him. So he's been, you know, he's done all the yardage. She didn't know anything about golf, I don't think, but she's he does all the yardages, he does all the thinking, and he just kind of goes with the flow. I mean, he's uh, he's not nearly as serious, it seems like, and that's been the, the a part of the secret for him. He's just not as intense about the whole thing. I mean, he's achieved, you know, goodness knows, lots of things in the game, and he seemed, you know, quite happy, and he doesn't practice as much. He doesn't, when he's away from the golf, you know, you see... I've seen some pictures of him, you know, sitting on beaches and drinks and having a good time, basically. So that seems to have been the, you know, the tipping point for him. He's just not taking it as seriously as he used to, and he's playing better as a consequence. Do you know what I notice on his social media? He's always playing golf socially. Always. Aye. Yeah, he still. I think he still enjoys golf, it's, and that's part of it too. And he, he's playing for fun, and he obviously that you know the playing for fun away from tournaments is transferring into his play at tournaments. So. It's, it's all good. I mean, uh, you know, and he's and he's. I tell you what, he's easier to talk to. I mean, you and I have both experienced uh, glib monosyllabic interviews with Lee in the past, but uh, he's a lot better in that area as well. Um, yeah, I just noticed he. Uh, I see. He said something. I think it was. I don't know if it was with everybody uh, about you know why he's still loving it. He said it. He said, "I just love it," and it's because he didn't start till he was you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I see his kid. Looks up very again just on social media. He looks a proper player, but I don't think uh-huh. his kid. I think his kid's name's Sam. I don't yes. think his kid took to golf until you know mid-teens, which is mm-hmm. late. And Westwood and I totally agree. You know the the idea of kids playing at the age of you know taking it up seriously at the age of five and six and seven is just insane. Mm. Yeah, um, it's madness. Absolute madness. I said the wee man was playing in a tournament last week and. There's all various age groups, and we were just laughing. You know, these little robots and about in the kind of under tens division or whatever. All these little robots all running around. You know, plum plum bobbing putts and all this kind of stuff. It's like, oh. oh my god! I mean, that that's just sad. I mean, it's it's sad. I, mean, I, I I couldn't watch that. It's just oh, it's horrible. Uh, well, we were just laughing about it. But I I, I thought that was uh, well said, well spotted. I think that's good good info from Westwood. I. Uh, and he was saying he played a bunch of sports when growing up, and by the time he got to golf, he was a big, strong, well-rounded athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, In fact, he, he did a bit of ballroom dancing as a young man. His uh, his grandparents ran a, a ballroom dancing school, and uh, I think he's uh, he's a real candidate for uh, strictly come dancing or whatever they call it these days uh, in the future. I, I reckon he'd be up for that. I don't think uh, I don't think he needs the cash, does he? For strict, from Strictly Come Dancing. No, no, I think he would do it just because he's, you know, he's got some experience of it, and uh, he, you know, the, the old memories would no doubt come back. Uh, I, again, I was to say earlier, I don't really want to concentrate on the outcome or the the, the kind of in play commentary on the the, the tournament debate. The one thing that's been bugging me, Huggy, we'll move on after this. Is this right. the whole? Is this iconic golf course? It's not a very good golf right. course, is it? It's not a very good golf course. Some of the holes are daft. It's, yeah, it, there are some bad holes in it. There's no doubt. Um, Eighteen. It's not a terrible golf course either. Yeah, you know, I said. Well, for the level of player that's here this week, yeah. I mean, it's it, that's the ultimate. What we were talking about earlier, about cutting the corner and running out on the other side and all the rest of it. But I'll tell you what, the, the, when they're actually finding the fairway there, the ones who do find the fairway, they're only hitting seven, six irons into that. You know, when back in the day, Monty was hitting driver, driver. Um, there's a, even a plaque. I know that. To, yeah. And I think young McIntyre in practice drove it 51 yards past Monty's right. plaque off the tee. Something, you know, so 
you know, the game has changed, Lawrence. Maybe we're maybe we're the you know ones that are getting left behind. No, no, no. But it's just the actual. Even as a kind of punter playing it, you know, it's a stupid golf. You know, there's so many rotten holes on it. I mean, some, uh, some good holes. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a good golf course. It's not a great golf course. It's it's you know, I'm sure it's. I've never played it. I've walked around it a million times. When there are some, yeah, as you say, there are four or five holes that you just go, wow, that's terrible. Here, um, uh, just I know you've got to get get a move on. Here, uh, that's you're not going to Saudi Arabia next week, presumably. Uh, not unless you got. I, I'm not. You, <laughs> no, I'm actually. Uh, I'm going home from here for about four days and uh, Friday. This is Saturday morning here. It's um, on Friday. I'm flying to Australia. I'm going to be at the Vic Open and the Australian Women's Open in two weeks after that. That'll be. Are you caddying at all? I'm not this year. No, I caddied in the Vic Open last year for. Solheim Cup captain uh, Katrina Matthew. Um, I must point out that it was her highest finish of the year with me <laughs> on the bag. A tie for thirty fourth. Um, so it wasn't. She, uh, it wasn't her most distinguished uh, performance, but uh, yeah, it was good fun. Um, uh, that'll be. I've played a lot of golf with her, so I've seen her play a lot as well. And it was easy. It was easy for me to carry because she hits the same clubs that I do. So it was. Uh, the averages were a wee bit insignificant. The uh, she hits the same clubs as you, only straighter. Um, the, oh, yeah, um, much straighter. Yes. But uh, the Vic Open—that's the uh, the uh, dual sex tournament, which appears to that format seems to be gathering a bit of momentum. Um, the oh, I suppose we should mention that I didn't even look, but I noticed the LET, much to everybody's yeah. surprise, announced the uh, <clears throat> new schedule today with. Quite a significant bump in prize money, did I? Uh, yeah, well, well, I think the LPGA involvement now, and I think the the, the European Tour and the RNA and everybody seems to be getting behind them. So yeah, I mean it's terrific. I mean it's a, it's a good investment for the LPGA because uh, you know they'll get the. I'm sure over the last few years there's been a bunch of really good young European players that have tried and to play professionally and have been lost to the game because. <clears throat> excuse me, kind of, kind of run out of money. Yes. Um, and they've been gone. So th- this is a chance for uh, the game to, for them to prosper at a lower level before hopefully stepping up uh, on the LPGA Tour in America. I've read countless pieces with, with, uh, with female players who have just said, you know, it just couldn't make it work on, on the LET. Yeah. yeah, it's a shame. And, and, you know, good luck to them all. I think uh, it's, you know, I've been to a couple of LET events, and, and there, there are some good players. I mean, there, there's no great depth to it, but uh, that will only increase uh, with the prize money, I would imagine. Is it, I wonder, is there, again, I feel kind of ignorant, is the Vic Open on the, is that list, listed on the LET schedule? I bet it is. It's, no, 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 it's an LPG event. Oh, is it an LPG event? Oh, they'll, yeah, get, a, yeah. they'll get a good field. Actually, they yeah. Have, yeah but 15 major champions, I think, for the, the two weeks in Australia, which is excellent. And where's it been played this year? It's the same place as last year. It's, right. uh, it's in its 13th Beach at Barwon Heads, um, but an hour outside Melbourne, I think. Uh, that's that's probably about right. Uh, two courses, that's right, isn't it? Two courses. Yeah, yeah um, that's right. Uh, so Saudi Arabia, you didn't get the appearance fee, sorry. They obviously had to pay, they had to pay Phil. Um, I wonder, how do you think that's, do you think that's going to be, or did all the stushy? It was closer to the Khashoggi murder last year, but this year mm-hmm. we have, they're always... Uh, Saudis are always uh, producing something. Apparently, the uh, the crown prince has been has been uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hacking uh, Jeff Bezos's phone. I mean, just incredible stuff. I cannot believe. Uh, I cannot believe that. Again, we talked about this. Where do you draw the line with these uh, uh, dirty regimes? Uh, Saudi Arabia. Well, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually wrote a column in Golf World magazine in Britain about this. I mean, I wrestle with this and I'd struggle with it and. 
as I say, I don't know, I, I'm not exactly sure where my line is on these things, but uh, Saudi Arabia is definitely beyond the line, whatever the line is. Um, I, I know somebody who is going, uh, I bet, I wonder if he's still getting appearance money, Sergio Garcia. Um, yeah, I think he's going, but the rumour is that he's not being paid this year. He's, he was kind of ordered to go back and make amends for his uh, disgraceful performance last year. Uh, the... Um, Speaking of Sergio Garcia not being paid, I noticed he's changed to ping clubs. That was something else. Somebody, uh, mm. again, yeah. I'll put allegedly in front of this, um, that uh, Callaway did, decided not to renew. I saw some statement, some mealy-mouthed, you know, mutual statement. But, mm. uh, so He was playing the ball. He, he says they couldn't agree on the, the him playing the Callaway ball. That was uh, from his uh, side of the argument. That was his uh, excuse for moving on. Well, Again, rumoured two million a year. Are you going to give up two million a year because you can't fight? Mm. I mean, I, mean, I guess you probably. I mean, there's countless guys have changed ball for money, and it's. Co- I mean, look at what happened to Bubba Watson when he went to that horrific uh, Volvic yeah. ball. I mean, it yeah. just about cost him his career. So maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe Sergio did bag it because of the. Uh, he, yeah, well, maybe he was playing. Uh, he said he was playing a tightless ball last week um, because I asked him and he told me. So it was and Woods and. Ping driver, Tailor-made Woods, and the rest of the clubs were pings, um, including the including the putter. Uh, ping, great club. I love ping clubs. Here, yeah. um, so uh, just finally, Huggy, on the um, we'll just have a quick run through this. Uh, do you wonder? Do you think there'll be uh, party boats in Saudi Arabia this year again, or what, what do you think? Well, well that was uh, that's what I heard. There was uh, you know a lot going on, shall we say? And let's uh, leave it at that. Well, well, hang on a second. I thought it was a very strict religious uh, country. I can't believe it. Yeah, uh, oh, anyway. yeah but, but obviously the, you know the boats were offshore. You know they, they were in the water, so obviously that didn't count as being uh, in Saudi uh, Arabia under, uh, under the jurisdiction of the government. Uh, here, uh, have you seen any of Tory Pines? I have. It was the first golf course I uh, I ever played in in America. I played in the the World Junior, whatever it's called now, oh. um, back in 1978. No. I went there, Scottish Boys Champion, and promptly missed the cut and had a nice day at Disneyland as a result. <laughs> he didn't go to Legoland. <laughs> no, I don't think it was a Legoland back then, Lawrence. Uh, well, again, I'm just laughing. I didn't mean. Yeah. I, you know, it's all it's always about you. I, I was asking. Have you ah, seen? Yeah, of you... course, yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I'm here? I'm not yeah. here to talk about anything else. The, uh, this is a self promotion project. Yeah. Oh no, no. I was just, let's not go there. How yeah. is your Twitter Excel? Is it okay? You are you coping? Uh, well, I'm. Uh, you know, it's, I'm. I'm still on Twitter, but I don't tweet because. Uh, well, I'm giving it away. I don't want these bar room bar whatever called people to put on there. So uh, I've just I've just blown my cover. The uh, I meant have you seen. Have you seen any of the this week's? I mean, we're, we're two days in uh, at uh, this week. I um, the main the main event. I mean, is it on TV? I don't know what the timing is for you. Is it in the middle of the night for you? I would imagine. Is it? I've seen nothing of it. Have because, you not? Yeah, I'm twelve hours different. It's, oh right. Uh, when it's mostly on, yeah. Well, the big excitement is that uh, we almost had uh, Tiger and Rory were almost paired together in the third round. It would have been brilliant actually, because I'd like to see. I still think that Tiger's got a bit of the hex on on Rory. Uh, yeah. I uh, I would like to have seen you know how the how Rory Rory looks phenomenal by the way. I, he was up. I think he was tied for the lead at one point today, but then he uh, he went weirdly off kilter. Um. And I think he's dropped back to tides. Tide, him and Tiger are tied seventeen, but Tiger got mm. uh, they got they were one, they're one group apart. Uh, so we're going to ha- have to wait for that. 
Uh, really good feel, though. Uh, and hope you can you can hoping that t- Tiger looks fantastic as well. He his swing huggy, my goodness. Oh mm, my god! I know. Yeah, yeah. You wonder why why was he not doing that his whole career? Because yeah. you have to think that if he if he had been swinging like that from the start, he'd be. You know, we're talking you know twenty five majors and a hundred PGA Tour wins or something. Someone of that order. Uh, honestly, Huggy, there was one hole today. He's playing with he played with John Ram over the first two days. Ram is not short, is he? No, no, no he's no. not short. So, I, I think Ram is hitting it maybe five yards further than Tiger. Right, right, yeah. and Tiger's what forty four now. I mean, that is in yeah. a swing. It looks so rhythmic. It's a bit longer than it than it was, and much more rhythmic. Not as kind of violent. Uh, it looks phenomenal and. I mean, he can, his putting's not as his putting's still brilliant, obviously, but it's not to me. He's, it's not as he missed a bunch of putts. You would think, oh my, you, yeah. you know, if you got four ten footers, you would expect him to maybe yeah. hold two or three yeah. or four. Yeah, that's yeah, that's one of the two question marks going forward. Is you know, does he putt as well as he used to? No, he doesn't. I mean, who does in their mid forties? No. But uh, another thing, <clears throat> excuse me, is his body. Um, he's clearly still got issues, as we saw at the President's Cup just a month ago. Um, it but, doesn't stand up to you know day to day wear um, like it used to. So he's he's going to have to be careful, and I, I don't think he can predict when he can play and when he can't play with a hundred percent certainty. But the uh, but I mean, that that South Course at Tory but it's almost seven thousand six hundred yards. I think it is. Oh, that's no, nonsense. Uh, well, uh, but, but, <coughs> excuse me, but the bit length doesn't mean anything. To oh no. <coughs> No, but just in t- terms of Tiger's body, you know, seven thousand six seven hundred yards or whatever, and it's it's cold there. The fog's coming in, and uh, he, he looked. I mean, he looked pretty good. I tell you what, he. Could, I mean, you'd have to put him down for one or two majors this year. Um, it looks brilliant. I tell you what, Huggy. I, I, again, I'm telling you afterwards, it's all out of date. But he hit. Uh, there was a couple of chips today. Oh my goodness! My imagination and the touch was mm. just fantastic. Yeah. By contrast, incidentally, Mickelson missed the cut. You know, that's him, that. yeah. uh, 82nd in the world now. But his, you know, he's hitting it further. All this crap about hitting bombs and all that. I mean, shut your shut your pie hole. I mean, he can't. Yeah, but he's just warming up for the big one in Saudi, obviously. Oh, but I mean, his short game was some, Again, I didn't see it. all his chip. He might have had some great chips, but the ones that I saw were very, I mean, clumsy, to say the least. Mm. Um, and he's never, you know, he's. Well, he's very streaky kind of putter, and he's not holding anything. I mean, this kind of whole thing about changing the body and gaining yards and all that—I think it's highly overrated. I mean, you get enough yardage to 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 get by to be able to handle a golf course. A good example of that is this kid uh, Morikawa, uh, Colin Morikawa, yeah. who yeah. was playing yeah, he's with. Very good. Oh, he was playing with Tiger and Ram today, and he's hitting it mate, oh, 20, 30 yards behind him. But mm-hmm. what a player he is! Great swing, great tempo. His iron shots. I mean, he's what a what an iron player he is, and a fa- fabulous putter. Uh, he's a you know. So when you see a player like that, you just wonder, you know, what's Deschambault and Mickelson? What what's going on there? Uh, yeah. Well, Phil, it's not a shame to Phil. I mean, he's what is he? He's for, fifty. Forty eight. Yeah. Yeah. He's fifty in June. Oh, is he? He's eligible for the Senior Open the week after the U.S. Open. I think his birthday's right in the middle of the U.S. Open, isn't it? Usually. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, as I say, he's 49. I mean, there's a definite, you know, falling off the edge of the cliff for these guys at some point in their 40s. I mean, it's a bit of a black hole, their late 40s. And Phil's done well to last as long as he has. 
But this might this might be it. I mean, I hate, you know, it's always a dangerous thing to say that to draw a line under somebody's oh. good as but but you know, this this might be just the end of it. And and no shame to him. I mean, what a career he's had. Uh, you know, but and he doesn't seem too keen to go to the seniors. I think his ego is getting in the way a little bit there. But he he might find that uh, he's we're getting, we're reaching the point now where he's not eligible for or he's not going to be eligible for some for some of the WGCs even. So that's just a you know that's a sign that uh, he, you know like it or not he's in decline. Oh, he's uh, to me he's not coming back. I think he's he has tipped over. Uh, mm. I just don't see it. Um, and I, as you say, no shame in that. Uh, and he can go off. He might, he might come back and win the big one next week in Saudi Arabia. Before I forget, Huggy, just find this. Uh, I don't. Uh, um, uh, Mikella, the world tour. Are we talking the world tour? Yet? Uh, well, uh, uh, Mikella contributor, Mr. Jeff Shackleford, broke a story on his website this week about. I think it's called the Premier Golf League. As it's yeah. gone through about fifteen different names, um, and w- again, there's not been. Uh, it's amazing what you pick up. I we're talking about the PGA show there, but it's amazing what you pick up. Uh, some news that the money behind it is uh, is a lot of Saudi money, mm. you know. So here we are, but again, that's not been it's not been said, it's not been written. Not that I've seen it written, but uh, again, the sports washing stuff, the Saudis getting into it. So they haven't released a schedule. I think it's a proposed schedule. Uh, eight, Eighteen tournaments a year. You know, I wonder, I wonder how many of those will be in Saudi Arabia. That'll be a big. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, it'd be um, interesting to see what courses or clubs um, will take them. Yeah. Um, I, do you think, well, again, it's a dumb question. We've been talk, it's, it's come back, it's a perennial, it's not a, quite a perennial, but it comes back every few years. World Tour, are you for, for or against? Well, I think it's inevitable, isn't it? I mean, uh, it's like the, you know, in football or soccer. Um, soccer, there's gonna, there's, I know, there's going to be a European league at some point, isn't there? I mean, it's all about money, these things at that level. And that's just the way it's going. And to be fair, I think that there's definitely potential there for a you know a world tour if they go to all the right places and and fix the ball and go to you know wonderful courses like Royal Melbourne and 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 actually take it around the world. And the PGA Championship should join in. By the way, they should be certainly in Olympic years. They should be somewhere other than America. That would make far too much sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, everybody should be a bit more international in their outlook. And I mean, I was kind of gleefully reading all that stuff about this this uh, Premier League or whatever it's called. It sounds like something that should be on every Tuesday night on Sky Television, by the way. But, uh, yeah, I mean, anything that gives the PGA Tour a kick up the backside is, is good for, as far as I'm concerned because there's a, an arrogance and complacency there that uh, that needs to be nipped in the bud long ago. Um, so that, for me, is a good aspect of it. And uh, I'm, I'm all for a, for a world tour. It just... You know, it's just going to be other other big name players brave enough to to make the jump, and are the the majors going to kind of join in to the extent that they're not going to discriminate against players who are not playing in the the established order of the moment? Oh, the uh, the machinations would be would be something to behold. You can mm. imagine that the, I mean, not to delve too deeply into the soccer thing, but the the, the main bulwark against uh, European Super League in football. Is the English Premier League? They they have, yes. they want nothing to do with it because yeah. they're, they're well, making they're the PGA Tour of football, aren't they? They, they are. Yeah, yeah they're, they've got. A, I think they're getting four or five billion a year in TV rights from various places around the world. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what the PGA Tour does to put the kibosh on this. Uh, it'll be fascinating. Uh, and I see Keith Pelly came out with a statement today, the, Europe, the chief executive of the European Tour, and he didn't sound 
exactly enthusiastic either. So yeah. the it well, of course not. I mean, it's, uh, the, you know, turkeys don't vote for Christmas, do they? I mean, you know, they're gone if this thing takes off. Um, so that will be that. That will be something to behold. How the how the t- no, you know turn it back at the pass will be interesting. And mm-hmm. I think you touched on something there, Huggy. The the entrance to the majors. So if mm-hmm. I'm say I'm Tiger Woods and I sign up for the Premier Golf whatever it's do the Premier Golf League, I. Uh, and they have 18 events a year, you know, you're going to have to commit to X number, mm. uh, yeah. say 12. Well, Tiger only plays 20 events a year. So that yeah. leaves eight events. So he takes 12 on that tour, leaves him with eight, eight events. So he's going to play the four majors. That leaves him with four events for the PGA Tour. I mean, yeah. the PGA Tour, how can the PGA Tour then go to sponsors and say, well, yeah, 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 we want twenty million, but by the way, Tiger's only going to we can only guarantee Tiger for two or three event, two or three events. Yeah, yeah, there's a huge domino effect. Oh, huge! So, how do the PGA Tour turn them off? I think they have to get in cahoots with the World Golf Rankings. You know, you get no yeah. no ranking points for the Premier Golf. I mean, there'll be all that kind of stuff you would imagine. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Uh, so that'll be there'll be a lot of sneaky backroom stuff. Oh. Can you imagine? Oh, be fa- anyway. Uh, good on Mr. Shackleford causing. Uh, that's I like stories that cause trouble, and that's <laughs> that's yeah. certainly causing trouble. Here, um, we didn't touch on Rory. I, I well, principally because you, well, you haven't seen him this week, but uh, just to let you know, he, he's swinging. He's got quite a nice swing, Rory McIlroy. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's nothing. But I mean, I, I, when he's been here in Dubai, uh, wasn't he last year? But two and two years ago, I followed him for. 36 holes on the weekend. I mean, you just can't get enough of watching Rory play oh, golf. Uh, brilliant. Um, actually, I, I, I was interested. He's uh, the, the Dubai tournament sponsored by Omega, which I believe is one of his sponsors. And yes. He, uh, so it's a strange one, I have to admit. Maybe he's uh, maybe that contract's come to an end. Well, he, uh, I think he pitches up in Switzerland now. Um, oh, that's a, right. Yes. That's what, that's how they'll get around that. That'll be in his contract. He probably has one appearance a year, which is why he plays in Switzerland. The um, anyway, he's playing pretty well. I uh, I would imagine that he will be in in the mix, as they say on the telly, Huggy. Um, <laughs> yeah. The uh, oh, you'll be you won't you won't be interested in him, but Davis Love made his uh, ah. commentary uh, debut on, on on the Yankee TV. Uh, predictably, mm-hmm. m- yes, rubbish. You know, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't say boo to a goose. It was very yeah. funny. The boys in the tower are trying to get something interesting out of him. My goodness, what a terrible yeah. signing he's, that is. He's the ultimate establishment figure, oh, Davis. Uh, yeah. No, not for me. Um, so uh, you're off Saturday morning. What you, what's on the agenda today, Huggy? Are you? Um, well, I'm going to go. I've got to go and write a piece for uh, GolfWorld.com. Um, it's about the the guys that. I shouldn't give too much away, but it's about the guys that uh, the six rookies who played in the 2016 European Ryder Cup team and didn't make it back next time round. Ah, oh, that's right. So what became of them and why and all the rest of it. That's a great idea. Andy Sullivan, T- Thomas yeah. Peters. Let me try and think here. Uh, Danny Willett. Uh, that's three. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Uh, Andy's. Uh, f- right, give me the other three. There's Rafa Cabrera Bello. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, he got Chris shafted. Wood. He got shafted. Yeah. Well, he was unlucky last time, yeah. And uh, Chris Wood and Matt Fitzpatrick. I saw. Did I see Chris Wood at the bottom of the leaderboard somewhere? Uh, well, he's, to be fair to him, he's just back from a long time, long term injury. So he's uh, he's just playing his way back into it. A bit like Graham Storm. He's had almost two years off with his wrist thing. And, you know, they're, 
they're struggling to break 80 a lot of the time at the moment, but you know they'll, they'll both get better, I'm sure. Too much golf when they were young. I tell you, um, yeah. I tell you who I think looks fantastic this year is Fitzpatrick. He looks yeah, to me. I, He'll make the Ryder Cup team, I think. Yeah, he, he's swinging a bit harder, but still, you know, within in control. Is he still with Michael Walker? Yes. Yeah. Um, he's a Pete Cowan guy. Yeah. Yeah. He he looks he looks good. I watched him earlier in the year somewhere, and I thought, oh, he's swinging well, hitting it harder, hitting it a little bit further, and he's always been a brilliant putter and a quite a <laughs> quite a good competitor. Oh, that yeah, he's good. the kind of guy you want in match play. He's got that kind of game. Uh, you, you, every great team's had two or three Matt Fitzpatrick's lurking in the middle of it. You know. um, and he's one of those boys who play in match play and he holds, he holds those depressing 30-footers. <laughs> You're yes, like, what? Exactly. Uh, anyway, right, Huggy, I'll let you go. Thanks for uh, getting up early in the morning. I kept you on. I was wittering too much, but uh, it's just good, good to talk to you, pal. Um, and thanks again for... Uh, your contributions to issue three if you want to read more of John Huggin and you're still listening to this get yourself onto mckellamagazine.com and you can get all the Huggy you want and he's already been signed up he's already been signed up for number four we won't give it away Huggy because it's a top secret mission but yes. uh, so we'll see anyway good to talk to you pal enjoy your day or enjoy your weekend in Dubai okay, thanks Lance It's a wild, wild.